Hi, I'm Alice. I'm Belinda. I'm Kelly. I'm Lara. And I'm Stacy. We're so excited to bring you Tales from the Toolbox. Thanks for joining us. And welcome to our podcast full of stories. We'll share how we've used the amazing hand-in-hand parenting tools in our own lives. Or seen it skillfully done by those around us. Welcome to Tales from the Toolbox. I'm Kaylee in South Africa, and this week I was packing for a trip while Stacey, Alice, Laura and Belinda got together from their homes in California, Shetland, London and Perth to talk about the tool that is probably most children's favourite, special time. They discuss how powerful this seemingly simple gift of one-on-one time is for our children, how it can lead to reductions in sibling rivalry, more capacity to play independently and deeper connection with us parents. They also touch on some of the challenges. How do you manage it with more than one child in the house? What if giving this time feels hard for us? And why does it sometimes kick up big feelings for our kids? Even though it sometimes gets messy, we're all agreed that over time the benefits are huge, from learning to trust our children's ability to figure out how to use their time, to having permission to revel in their awesomeness and build precious memories that'll last a lifetime. We hope you're inspired to give it a go after listening. So are we going to share some bright spots today? Yeah. I'm happy to start. (laughs) Yeah, go for it. All right, let's see. Um... Well, it's, it's kind of been something I've been avoiding for a couple of months. My kids have had a little bit of a extra sibling rivalry going on, a lot of pestering and bugging each other to death. And uh, I've kind of been avoiding the issue for a while and just hoping that it would go away. But as we all know, that doesn't really work. And finally decided this week to start kind of addressing it more with some um, extra special time and play listening, which has really been fun most of the time and I feel like it's kind of loosened a little bit of that tension between the two of them and uh and one night after doing some family game time we my nine-year-old was like this was the perfect night ever mom and so made me feel good I was like oh yay (laughs) awesome super cute (laughs) um mine's not about parenting I am a notoriously bad gardener, even though I really like it and I read gardening books and <laughs> just really bad at it. Uh, so I decided that I would plant some herbs at the front door so that I remember to water them. And I have remembered to water them for a few weeks now and they look gorgeous and it's really nice to walk past them every day. Um, I have a really small one. Um it's been, the, the trees here have been just glorious with the autumn colours and it's just been so nice. And I think my kids are probably fed up of every time we walk down our road, I'm like, oh, look at that tree. Oh, look at that tree. It's so pretty. Um, but it, like every year it gets me and it's just so nice. It's pouring with rain outside right now. So I think there won't be any leaves left by the end of today. But I've been enjoying it. Mm, I love hearing you appreciating the trees, Lara, because we have no trees. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's so nice I think my bright spot is, so it's, it was Halloween last night and um, I kind of had this feeling of, <laughs> I'd be scared to say this because I proved myself wrong next year, but I felt like more of a veteran of Halloween <laughs> because I've done it lots of times. <laughs> and so I just felt more relaxed and it was the first time that my eldest son wanted to go out on his own with his friends and he's been planning it and I just saw how much that they're all learning by negotiating all these ideas and deciding what they were going to do, visiting, they go visiting around all the houses. But my favourite moment was that my son had been 
like quite hyped up because you know if it was really a big deal. Um, and when it got to like half past eight and his friends went, then he he went back to my mum's house. She lives in the same village, and so he like sought out his granny. I was just really touched that he knew that's what he needed. He just needed some granny time. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was just a lovely reminder of how lucky we are to have her close by. Yeah. So let's talk about special time, because it's often when we lead with when we're talking to parents. I love special time. <laughs> I <laughs> love all the tools, but special time is... Um, one of my favourites. Probably your children's favourite too, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's my, so. it's my children's favourite. They love it. <laughs> they kind of see my job. My job is telling other parents about special time. Like that's kind of, I don't know, that's what's in their minds, I think. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, so does somebody want to do a quick synopsis of what the hand-in-hand model of special time is? It's something that a lot of... Um, parenting approaches advocate for is the one-to-one time with each child Um, but yeah it'd be good to hear just our take on it and how we understand special time. I was just going to say as well Alice that the World Health Organization in the midst of you know 2020 that was one of their major recommendations was Mm -hmm. spend one-on-one unstructured child-centered you know playtime prioritize that that's really important for the mental health of your children. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a universally admired concept. Who wants to explain it? I'll explain it. Um, so special time in the lens of hand-in-hand parenting and how we define it um, is, is that one-to-one, one parent, one child time. Um, we do kind of work around um, a certain set of boundaries when we do it. And those um, include using a timer. So we, as the parent, get to decide how much time we have to give on any certain day. Um, and we get to pick how much time goes on that timer. Um, because that's going to be based on what we can give our kids in that moment. Um, and then the rest is uh, that it's child-led. So the child gets to do whatever they want, of course, within reason. Um, But for the most part, we as the adult are going to really try to say yes to whatever they would like to do. And it's the time that we get to just delight in them as as our child and as, you know, the good human soul that they are. I love the concept of being with, like Mm -hmm. being with our child. And it's a special quality of attention to bring warmth and a sense of delight in what my child is doing. But there's something very authentic about it. Like I don't have to go, oh, wow, that's amazing what you're doing. It's not a fake thing. It's just an authentic, I'm with you. I'm right here. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to just be in your world for the amount of time that this timer is on. We don't have to change anything about our child or to shift any problems or to teach them anything that's what I love about it is just you can just be with them as they are yeah yeah I feel like there's such a deep sense of trust that we ideally bring to that space so we just trust our child's intelligence knowing that they're going to ask for the exact thing that they need and sometimes that looks like an amazing kind of play therapist's you know activity that 
But a lot of the time in, in our house, it, you described it so beautifully, Alice. They just want me to watch them. That's it. They just want <laughs> me to watch them draw or watch them do Lego. And they just want to know that I'm interested and that I'm in their world for a little while. And it almost feels too simple in a way. It's not. There's no bells or whistles. Um, just my attention. It's like, wow, okay, this, this is actually quite powerful just to focus on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think um, having the timer is a really key part of that because it's like for us, it's a way to sort of gold plate that time and say, my time is undivided. Like, and I'm not going to be interrupted in this time. So during special time, you, you really try your hardest to get any other kids set up with something so that they're not going to come and interfere with you. You do it at a time when you're not about to pop off and make yourself a coffee or you're not going to go and hang up the laundry in the middle. And so much of the time when we're with our kids, we're like, oh, yeah, I spend quality time with my children. I'm around my children all the time. Um, but we sort of forget that we're around them, but also, you know, we're distracted by the notifications on our phone or the fact that we have to do certain jobs or I'm just going to pop this on the shopping list, honey. Um, and we don't do any of that in special time. We're really there 100% for our child, just paying them attention and delighting in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I think, is huge. Um, yeah. And I think that can sometimes be hard in the beginning when you're just kind of learning it um, to not get distracted by the pile of laundry that needs to be folded, you know, that's sitting two feet away from you and <laughs> not be <laughs> tempted by that sort of thing. And one of the things that really helped me when I first started special time I started doing it when my oldest was um, in the two, three stage, two, three year old. And um, at a point in my parenting where I just kind of bogged down by the responsibility of it all. And I remember doing special time with her. And the only way that I could like stay really present with her was like to go back in my head um, and just think of her when she was a baby, when I would just like soak up the tininess of her and her little toes and her little fingers and her cute little like little dimple on her cheek and all the different things and just really concentrate on how much I loved that little being. That's all that was happening in my head. Meanwhile, she's like, do this, do that. And, you know, um, and I'm there, but that helped me really like project out all of my love for her and kind of change the game for us. It's such an important point, isn't it, Stacey, that like, we're like saying, oh, special time is wonderful, but sometimes for parents it's really freaking hard mm-hmm. to do at all or to do regularly or to do for more than two and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and two I and a half minutes is fine, by the way. Yeah, I think it's, it's really a really good, good starting yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. really good to acknowledge that, I think, and also to know that it's a muscle and you can grow that kind of attention over Mm -hmm. time yeah and some days you might have two and a half minutes in you Mm. and other days you might have a full 20 minutes in you and that's totally okay it doesn't have to be consistent it doesn't have to be the same thing every time you get to choose I that's why one reason that I really love the timer too is that it gives me the power to say okay what can I give them today and that that will be enough regardless of how much time it is or isn't um, just because they're getting that full two and a half minutes or that 20 minutes of just me and that that's all that they really need, which is really powerful as a parent. Yeah, so much. 
when I'm teaching, I always say, kind of start. I say, oh, special time. We normally do between about five and 30 minutes. And I always go, but start at the five minutes end. Because yeah. if you know, mm-hmm. like most of us can hang in there for five minutes, mm-hmm. even if it's like a bit of a slog at first. But if you set it for 30 minutes, you you might be setting yourself up to, yeah. <laughs> to find that really tough. Um, and then you can, you can grow it. Um, I was just thinking about the challenges I've had of um, organising special time with more than one child so we have a family of three and it has been a real challenge sometimes especially when they're young to the not so much to find time for special time but to help the the child who's waiting mm-hmm. to wait and uh, we've gone through phases where I've had to use screens as a prop for the one who's waiting um and and questioned a lot of that in myself about the palaver that seems to be associated with trying to get it done in the first place. And I know that my husband, he would be the first one to say that, oh, this is more hassle than it's worth. He felt like that at times. But when we did manage to get to a point where it became routine and it became something that they really understood, then the value was so much from that 10 minutes um, with each child. And the impact that it had on the rivalry between siblings is like nothing else. Yeah, mm-hmm. so much. It's really, really powerful. Yeah. Um, and it might, in a family where you do spend a lot of time and attention on your children, it can feel really clunky and it can feel a bit contrived. And even just calling it special time, really, oh, it's a bit icky and what is this thing? But the value that we've gained is enormous and I think once that foundation is there then we can always go back to it and if our regular special time lapses then as soon as we say right let's just do special time or if things are going a bit haywire let's just do some extra special time because that foundation is there Mm -hmm. then they know what that feels like and they can go back to it again yeah it's such a training process yes for us yes yeah Um, I want to really second that sibling rivalry point because when we started doing it every morning, 15 minutes each child um, and both parents doing it, there were six and three and we started doing that every day for a long time. And I'd been trying to do it at that stage for like three years or something. So it took a long time to work that muscle up to be able to do it every day. But the, the sibling rivalry, like the aggression went to less, less than half the aggressive kind of outburst that we'd been having, it was quite phenomenal, the impact that it had. And I also was just thinking, Alice, you were talking about the name of it. Some people do find the name a little bit, I don't know, it's different for everyone what works. And someone I know, um, who I know won't mind me saying this, said that for her it was really weird because that's what her parents, that's the words they would use when they would like put a movie on for the kids and, and as they got older, they realised that mum and dad, that was their special time. Um, <laughs> yes. So um, what we suggest is actually saying to your children, I want to spend this one-on-one time with you. I want to do whatever you want to do. What shall we call it? Mm-hmm. And letting them find a name. And we used to call it wild play time. Um, now it's called free time in our house. Um, so your children will come up with, with a name and that can work really well too. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a lovely way for them to make it their own and for them to be able to ask for it. And that's another thing is that when they get to the point where they know 
that they've really got you and got your attention, you really find that when they're starting to spiral out of control, things are getting hard, they'll say, mummy, I need to do some special time. Will you please do some special time with me? And it's like a sort of a regulating device that works really mm-hmm. well for everyone. Yeah. yeah. And I want to say too, on this, on having the more than one child thing, because that can be really challenging for people, especially if you are the only one in your household doing it, is one suggestion that I got uh, from another hand-in-hand instructor, I believe, was that you start really small and you kind of have everyone in the same room, um, but you have whoever's not doing special time engaged with something small like a, a puzzle or a book and you just do like one minute bursts and you just go around. You get one minute, you get one minute, you get one minute. So then they learn that their turn is coming around and what that feels like. And then the next time you do two minutes each and then three minutes each until you're building up to the five or the 10 or the 15 minutes each. And even quite young children can really start to understand that concept. Um, But that was really helpful to me as a single parent and then with two kids trying to figure out like how to do that. And we did that for quite a while where we bounced, where I would just do really short bursts with each one and I would just go back and forth for a half an hour um, um, giving each one. Yeah, I've done that before, Stacey, as well. And and, um, it's messy Yes, (laughs) to begin with. It's really messy. But I think if you just hold... If, you, if you're well-resourced yourself and you feel like, right, I'm going to just give this a go, then it, it, it's worth it. It's really worth it. And it, mm-hmm. and it does get easier. It really does get easier. I think your messy comment sort of um, touches on the elephant in the room for all of, well, certainly <laughs> for me, which is yeah. that special time can be a beautiful, magical inroad to cooperation and peacefulness in your home. And sometimes... <laughs> It's uh-huh. a really, really beautiful way to open up the conduit of connection between you such that your child, that you know, their little system thinks, great, I have been feeling really rubbish and you're listening and so now I'm going to tell you. So it, it can look mm-hmm. pretty messy. Um, I always mm-hmm. say to people, if you've got 10 minutes, schedule it for five. You know, if you've got 20 minutes, yes. schedule it for 10. Yeah. Allow time for feelings because it often... Um, you know, be fertile ground for feelings to, to come up. Yeah. Yeah. We've certainly had that here. Yeah. Some really mm-hmm. big, like, you know, bearing in mind that I'm, I'm home with my kids all the time and <laughs> they get a lot of attention. Um, there have certainly been long stretches of time where the either the beginning of special time or the end of special time has signalled a big upset from my child going, but you never give me any attention. <laughs> and I sit there going, uh, uh, um, and it's you know it's a gorgeous opportunity to stay listening and to work through those big feelings. And we'll talk about stay listening in another episode. Um, but it really like it did. We we worked through those feelings every single special time for several weeks um, in a few rounds, and and then they vanish and they evaporate, and then they skip into special time. They're like, I have my ideas. I'm going to do this thing, and the timer goes, and they're like, Okay, bye, mummy. Go and do it with my other sibling and they just carry on playing or doing their own thing and often it does like when there aren't big bubbling feelings afterwards mm-hmm. once you work through those then it often they're able to be independent for big chunks of time which is huge yes. and amazing that is another very very um appealing benefit i feel like to a lot of parents is that just giving them that like little 
spurt of time will often, once they've kind of gotten into the routine of it, um, give you then a big spurt of time to do the things that you need to do. So it's like this little vitamin of connection that fortifies everybody in the household. Yeah, that was how I worked from home uh, at the start of the coronavirus. <laughs> it was, <laughs> was three special times a day. So mm -hmm. it was like morning and then I'd get a couple of hours and then lunchtime, another few hours, and then mid-afternoon, another couple of hours. Yeah, it worked well. Yeah, it's amazing yeah, structure. it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Nice. Beautiful. Um, I was wondering if we should um, give a few examples of special time activities or whatever. I mean, it's led by the child, but um, just so people who've never done it might imagine what might, might be. Does anybody mm -hmm. want to share some um, time I just want to say one thing first that just makes me laugh every time I remember it, which was when <laughs> when I said to my kids I was teaching about special time, they were like, oh, yeah, you can tell them that you can do anything in special time, but you can't juggle knives. <laughs> I was like, where the heck does this come from? Like, we don't do knife juggling as a regular activity. But they just nailed it so precisely. Like, it's a huge big yes to anything within the bounds of staying safe and not actually, you know. Juggling knives. Juggling knives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> What's everyone been up to with special time? I'm just thinking, oh, we've got some knives that yeah, are no, really no, sharp. No. I'm sure we could use them. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it, isn't it? You just try to make their dreams come true. My children wanted to jump off the bunk bed, off the top bunk. And I just wasn't, and this was when they were quite small, like six or three or something. So we pushed a mattress up against the bunk bed and it was like a slide that they could jump off onto the mattress. Um, so you do try to make their dreams come true, even if it's a variation, even if it is juggling knives. But yeah, that's that's quite an extreme. Butter knives. Yeah, butter yeah. knives, exactly. Even then, even then, yeah. who knows we, what people come to. We have to feel safe. And I, I think that's important too for us to honour our kind of boundaries. But when things are hard for us, it's that's where the listening partnership is great. We can take whatever's hard to that space and work through it. So my children, as I said, just love me to watch them do things. But one of the stories I really like uh, that I've heard maybe Patty tell is about a woman who did the first starter class session and then went home, had four children, and her 11-year-old boy, she decided she would schedule in special time with him on Saturday morning. And she actually did 20 minutes which is impressive. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to light, like to line all the matches up. I always say to people in Australia, this wasn't in Australia. I think it was in the uh, <laughs> matches. It's kind of full on. Um, line, all the, line all the matches up on the concrete and then light the first one and, shh, and watch this amazing thing happen. Oh, and she spent 20 minutes. Yeah, mine too. I've never told them about it because no. we do live in Australia. Um, <laughs> She spent 20 minutes with this beautiful 11-year-old and then they had the best weekend they'd had with him. You know, things had been a bit challenging prior um, and they just had an incredible weekend after that just on the basis of that investment of her attention on his beautiful, amazing idea. So I liked that one, that, that idea mm -hmm. that, you know, they come up with something kind of wild yeah. and you just get to delight in them. Uh, yeah, I feel like for my kids, so... I've heard from other families that I've worked with and other instructors and things that 
sometimes kids will use this time to like push boundaries a little bit yeah. Um, yeah. and kids seem to either go that direction or they go in the direction that you Belinda were saying where my kids just want me to watch them and to be with them we do a lot of like coloring like we want to color together or play a board game together where it's just me and them and of course they always win those types of things and they don't really push boundaries within um, the bounds of special time. My experience with just my own two daughters, but um, but then other times um, some kids will really take that and be like, okay, <laughs> will you still say yes if I do this? Will you still give me your love and attention if I do this thing that I know you hate? Um Mm-hmm. It's that kind of test. Yeah. I think we should do an episode at some point on, you know, when they ask for things that aren't safe, when they mm-hmm. they need a limit in special time, and mm-hmm. also things like screens. It took my three years to kind of go, hang on a minute, anything? Yeah. Does, does that mean we can, like, eat lollies for ten minutes? And you have to figure out. Some, t- some families say yes, a big wholehearted yes to that. Or screens. Some families decide, yes, let's use special time for screens. Awesome. Let me enjoy this with you. But it's good to get clear on that yourself. Mm-hmm. Where you're yeah, at. we've experimented with that over time. And yep. mm-hmm. ended up that the rules are no screens and no sweets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we have, we have tried both. And yeah. actually, they've yeah. been some really lovely special times doing those things. Yes. But the, the, interestingly, the kids came away, particularly from the screens ones, and they were like, but that didn't feel like special time because I was focused on the screen, so I couldn't really feel yep. you with me in the same yep. way. Yeah. Mm, smart kids. Yep. Yeah, I hope we get to follow this up. And there's so many nuances to special time. Something that's come up for me quite a bit, because I live in a really harsh climate, and in the winter it's very dark, and quite often in special time then they'll want to go outside. And I have this really strong resistance in me going, oh no, it's like it's really cold, it's really windy, it's dark. I really don't want to go outside and play football. But they know that special time is their time and it's like they are going to get me. And so the times where there is, I mean, in extreme circumstances, then I've said, I'm sorry, we're going to do special time inside today. Um, I'm, I'm um, going to put in here, I think that's when there's like Force 9 gales yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It? Yeah. <laughs> because it's pretty extreme there, yeah. It's usually when it gets the hurricane force. Yes. And I can say it, I think the ball will blow away. But <laughs> anything up to Force 9 is okay. <laughs> time but they, um, I think those times when I've kind of powered through my resistance as well and kind of say, okay, the timer helps me because I know it is just going to be 10 minutes I think, yeah, I can do this. I can do this for 10 minutes. And I've had fabulous, fabulous times. And it's like a bank of memories that we've built up of us just like kicking a ball around the back garden or me being a hapless goalkeeper, which is not difficult to (laughs) (laughs) enact. So there's been a lot of that kind of thing. And I think one of my children uses special time as a way of testing their strength. And so they quite often want me to see how hard they're struggling or they're kind of, they they want to show their frustration and they use it so skillfully, like they use it really, really well. And something else that I've noticed that's a common pattern for um, one of my children is that they like to do the same thing over and over again. And when they were young, then that 
got tedious and I was thinking, oh no, please, I don't want to play this game again. But um, when they were first starting school, then there was this particular game, a board game, that they wanted to play every single morning for 10 minutes before they went on the bus. And I realised that it was such a beautiful way of them getting a bit of security and control in their life when everything else was changing and everything else was new and that they knew that they could play this game, they would win and then they would get on the bus. (laughs) (laughs) And it was, yeah, it was a real lesson in trusting, like exactly what you said at the beginning, Belinda, trusting my child, trusting that they knew what they needed. Um, They're really smart, aren't they? I'm thinking we've, we've used it for a number of really specific issues. One of them was um, one of my children had had a hard time at school and that was clear to me when I collected them at the end of the day. Uh, And when we got home, I said, let's do special time. And they said, okay, let's play schools. You be the teacher and you shout at me and I'll kick you. And I was like, okay. (laughs) I I think I know maybe you had a, you know, what was hard about today. And then over the course of that weekend, we did special time, I think, three times. And each time we played schools and each time he was the teacher and I was another student and he shouted at me and I cried. I was the teacher and he was himself and I shouted at him and he ran away. So he like went through all these different reactions to this situation and then on Monday he just waltzed up to the teacher and said hi Mrs so-and-so and was so empowered and happy with the world and it just felt like he set that up as a space to work through all of the possible ways he could have done it and to overcome that feeling of powerlessness that we all get in a, in a hard moment, I think, or a lot of people get in a hard moment. So it was just such a joy to see him use it so well. It's really smart. Yeah. Yeah. I had an experience with my younger daughter who used special time on a repetitive thing. We did the same thing for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can do this anymore. <laughs> um, and finally it clicked for me what she was doing, but she was, had, um, we had an experience on an airplane where she kind of had like a panic thing during the, the feeling of takeoff and landing. She just like completely beside herself and um, once we got home from that trip, she used special time and swinging as a way to like, she was very controlled about it, how high I could push her, how fast I could push her, um, very controlled and slowly over time, p- want me to give her a really giant push so that she would get that f- feeling of that you get when you're on the airplane, when you go up high and then you drop a little bit. And she did it over and over and over and over for weeks on end. Um, and once I realized what she was doing, she said, like, now I can go on the airplane. Now I know, like, she was controlling that feeling very rigidly during special time. It was just the most fascinating thing I've ever experienced with her. And she was four at the time. So, like she knew what she needed and she did it because she had my attention and permission to do it. So it's, Mm -hmm. it can be really, really cool what they come up with and why they come up with it. Even if it takes us longer to connect the dots. And sometimes they just want to hang out and have fun. Like my son, we've read through a whole series of like five or six big chunky chapter books in special times over the course of the last couple of years in sort of 10, 15 minute chunks. And that's also been lovely. Yeah. And it's just, 
like I still read aloud to him in other settings, but this is our series and our time to just read through that. So sometimes there's this deep inner meaning and sometimes it's just because they want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, I sometimes have parents come to me and say, oh, I, I didn't get in. There were no feelings bubbling up and my child didn't want to do anything interesting. They just wanted to play Lego and like that's something we do all the time. But I think this this idea of trusting that your child can figure it out and that you just mm-hmm. get to be there and be delighted in them. Don't be yep. delighted in the Lego necessarily because you might want to like poke your eyes out at that point, but delighting <laughs> in that child yeah. is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so much to say, isn't there? Still, even we're probably getting towards the end, but I was just thinking it can be really hard for us as parents to set aside that regular time. And Patty says, you know, it's important to try to make this a practice. The power will show up over time. But also what I've found is that it's a really um, freeing agent to set the timer and to go, right, I am not allowed to do the dishes. I am not allowed to to set my child up and then kind of sneak away (laughs) and do something (laughs) grown up uh, and, and busy work. I have to sit and focus on this beautiful child right now. Oh, that's right. He's absolutely divine. Oh, my goodness. Look at his eyelashes. <laughs> he is so beautiful. Um, and that's that's been really lovely. Just have permission to not be busy doing other things um, and permission to just revel in, in their gorgeousness and delight in them has been such an amazing, when I think about it, amazing thing to have over the course of of years now so I sort of wish it for all parents because it's a relaxation device as a parent to stop all the busy work just Mm -hmm. focus on them and it's you know backed (laughs) by lots of different things it's probably more important than folding that load of laundry and more important than that phone call um, in terms of benefits to our child yeah thank you so much for being with us at tales from the toolbox today we're so grateful to have you here and for everything you do for your family remember when we tell these tales we have the benefit of hindsight and years of experience with these tools to make sense of what happened and even with that in the moment it still often feels messy so if you're finding parenting tough or having a hard time doing things in a new way please remember to be kind to yourself. You're a pioneer, quite possibly breaking patterns that have been passed down for generations. That takes courage, hard work and support, and it's really normal for things to get rocky at times. You are a good parent doing your best with what you have, and your kids are lucky to have you. We wanted to share a little overview of hand-in-hand parenting and our tools to give you a sense of this approach. Hand in Hand Parenting is a not-for-profit organisation founded by Patty Whipfler over 30 years ago in America. Now a global phenomenon with more than 170 certified instructors worldwide, our mission is to help parents when parenting gets hard. The core of our approach is a simple one, listening, and we bring five simple tools to meet your everyday parenting challenges. Special time is like a magical regular dose of connection. We set aside one-on-one time to spend with our children naming it, timing it, scheduling it, and really bringing our 100% attention and warmth to this child-led play. Stay listening is a way of being with our child through their big feelings, without distracting, scolding, or lecturing. We maintain safety, and we pour our warm attention in while they pour out the hard feelings they've been carrying, 
emerging lighter and more able to be flexible and use their full intelligence. Play listening is a great tool to use with one or more children. While connecting through play, we take the less powerful role and follow their giggles without tickling. This isn't a permissive approach. We prioritize setting limits early and often, but we also know the power of bringing a limit close and warm, and sometimes even playfully. Our children may not get what they want, but they get what they need, us. Finally, the balance point these rest on is the parent support tool of listening partnerships. A regular meeting between two parents in person, by phone or online, listening partnerships are marked by complete confidentiality, with trust and time and an agreed upon set of guidelines, including not interrupting, giving advice or trying to fix things, parents use this judgment-free zone to process their own early experiences and big feelings in order to show up in just the ways they want to. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode and are inspired to give some of these ideas a go. All of the stories we tell happen in real life and we have permission to share them with you. So to protect the privacy of those involved, we've occasionally changed some identifying details. If you want to learn more about the topics discussed today or find contact details for each of our podcast hosts, check out our show notes or visit the Hand in Hand Parenting website at www.handinhandparenting.org. You can also email us at talesfromthetoolbox at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Tales from the Toolbox Podcast. This podcast was created and recorded by the five of us, Alice, Belinda, Kelly, Lara, and Stacy, And we want to express our heartfelt appreciation to Patty Whipler and the worldwide hand-in-hand parenting community. Huge thanks also go to the Shetland crew, Alice, Jonathan, and Reuben for their amazing skills, patience, and support with sound, music, and editing. And of course, thank you to our amazing children, all 11 of them. Their presence in our lives set us on this path and they travel this journey towards connection with us each and every day. As together, we navigate the laughter and tears, frustration and wonder of parenting. It is an immense privilege to spend these years together. We love you, kiddos.